we're starting a new series. It's called, What I Wish Jesus Never Said. What I Wish Jesus Never Said. You know, if you're new to the Bible or you're new to the Lord, you might be thinking, you know, God is a gracious, merciful, loving God. We can do anything. You know, he'll just love us. And that is true. But he also said some of the most difficult things ever said in human history. And the crazy thing is, he was saying to people, he was trying to persuade to follow him. It's true. He was doing that. And I forgot one thing. So sorry. I wanted to, I wanted to interact with you before I get that far. Pet peeves. Pet peeves. Anybody got any pet peeves before I get going too far? Sure. Pet peeves. Yell them out at me. Smacking your lips when you're eating. Somebody else. Being late. That's mine, baby. We got, we got, we got, that's it. Was it? Overworking. Snails in the fast lane of the freeway. Yeah. Going slow in the fast lane. Arguing over nothing? Kids arguing over nothing. That's kind of, that's a match right there. Anybody else? Late, being late's mine. Absolutely. I need to be, you know, it's like on time. You're not on time. Whoa, what? That like drives me crazy. Seriously, off the hook. And then the other thing that drives me crazy, by the way, if you're in line to check out, be ready to check out. Seriously, be ready. It's coming. You're like, next, be ready. I was, in the, I was at Safeway the other day. And there's a long line, and the, the person was completely distracted in life. All of a sudden, it was her, you had to pay for this grocery she just checked. And she like, oh, yeah, wait, I'll have to find that. And like five minutes goes by, I'm thinking, oh, lady, you're killing me. Because <laughs> you know why? Because, you know, pet peeves turn, are, are really things that irritate us about life and people. And sometimes those irritants can turn into grudges over time. Because we're talking about today, we're talking about some very difficult things. Like today, we're talking about this message. Love your enemies. You say, what? <laughs> no. We're going to look today. It's going to say, Jesus is going to tell us, love your enemies. And you're thinking, no way. There is no way. Because there's some things that are just impossible, and this, this one could be flat out impossible to do right on the surface. But I want you to know, God would say today, and I hope you get out of this message today, that God says there's freedom in letting that all go. Letting your enemy go. You know, when I think of enemies, I think, I don't want them, I don't want to love them, I want to get them what they deserve. Anybody with me on that? They get what they deserve, man. I mean, one of, the, one of the most popular genres of movies today are revenge movies. We love going to get revenge movies. You know, like Braveheart. Anybody seen Braveheart or Taken? All, that, all those lines. We love that, man. Get what you... You know, I, was, I, I, I get up here early on Sunday mornings, and I live in Kailua. So I was driving over... This is, this is a couple years ago. I was driving over the saddle road from Kailua to Kaneohe. And back then, there was, all, there was uh, periodically, there was a police officer at the bottom of the hill very early with a gun, checking your speed. So you know how it is, we, we all know where those traps would be, right? 
You know, we get to a certain place and all of a sudden our eyes go focused right there, right? Kind of slow down. It's a natural reaction. So that was mine. I, I looked, came over the hill. I looked down the hill and I could see a white car down there. And I came to a, I, came, I went from way too fast to the speed limit. But my neighbor, the guy behind me didn't appreciate that. And he's honking at me, right? I mean, I look in my rear mirror. He's right there. He's also telling me I'm number one in his life. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. And I, you know, he is like that close to my bumper. And you can tell I have bummed this guy out early in the morning. And then, of course, he pulls around me, telling me still I'm number one in his life, how much he appreciates me. And how he darts right in front of me. And I'm thinking, oh, brother. You're about to get yours. Yeah, and sure enough, police officer gets out, you know, gets him pulled over, and I'm, I slow down. <laughs> really slow down. <laughs> Peace, brother. Anybody there with me? We want, we want our enemies to get what they deserve. Check out these videos. Check, check, look at these guys. Даня, похеру. Ай, блядь. Я уже видел. Come here. Chewie, come here. You know it's cold when the dog's got mittens on. I'm just saying. We love to see it when people get what they deserve, don't we? It's kind of a natural reaction. Man, I hope there's, that guy deserved that. Hope that. Is there anybody in your life that you would say, man, that we have had a grudge or we've had a love-hate relationship? Are there any of those people in your life that you go think back on that person, man, I just cannot forgive them for what they did? This relationship, we've turned this thing into a misunderstanding and it went to war. Is your mind filing those away in your mind, just kind of clicking through those things in your life? Because there was, a, I had the neighbor from hell. I did. I'm the type of neighbor, you know, I live on a really cool block in Kailua. Well, I think it's cool, probably you don't. But this block, you know, it's kind of, it's a circle, it's Kaimaki Loop. And I'm the neighbor who will always wave at you. So if you drive by, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, you're, you're mowing your yard. I'm not going to pretend like you don't exist. I'm literally going to wave. If you're walking your dog by, I'm going to say, how is your day? You know, I'm, I'm that type of guy. I'm that guy. And I moved in, so my wife and I decided to walk around the neighborhood, and we're going to introduce ourselves. This is, this is a long time ago, 25 years ago. So we walk in, and we're introducing ourselves. We're new to the neighborhood. We're going to introduce ourselves. And I go to that very next-door neighbor, right on my right. So I go over there, hey, you know, I could see he's watching TV, looking right at it. I come knocking the door, hey, I'm your neighbor, just want to get to introduce yourself. And he looked right at me and looked right back at the TV. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> so, hey, you know, possibly he didn't hear me. Not possible. Hey, how's it going? Just want to make sure that, you, you know, I want to introduce myself. How you doing? Nothing. And I, 
praise God, his wife comes running out the uh, hallway. Hey, good to meet you. Blah, blah. And we had our conversation. And he, she gave her husband the dirtiest look you've ever seen. <laughs> but you know what? We never spoke in 20 years. In fact, in fact, we were, I was teaching my uh, son when he was much younger to play baseball. So I was hitting him ground balls. Our yard and his yard kind of go together. There's no, there's no fence. It's just his grass and my grass run together. And hitting ground balls to him. And one went by him. And all of a sudden, I, at the top of his lungs, he goes, get that out of my yard or I'm calling the cops. And so my son just races back to our house. Didn't get the ball. I went and got the ball. You say, what? <laughs> you know, I'm looking right at him. I'm looking at him. I pick up the ball thinking, ooh, I'd love to throw that through that front window. Right now, little fast, little fastball, high and tight. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I was thinking, maybe I should let him call the police officers. I can't wait to see the police officer's face when he said, I called you because he threw my ball in my yard. You know, it was, and it never, ever got better in all those years. I have today no idea what I did other than move into that house that could possibly have got that relationship. I've never, and I'm not a person who, I, I hate grudges. I hate not getting along. I will confront someone in my world. I've, I've been a pastor for 30 years. I'm, I'm in the people business. There's been times when I have not got, I'm a, you know, if you know anything about me, I, if, you've got, if you've been to counseling with me, I understand, you know, I'm, I shoot straight. I don't got any time. Let's not dance around. You know, let's not kumbaya. Let's, let's deal with the issue and let's hit it straight on by the word of God. Sometimes that could be a problem. And, you know, we've had some differences. People didn't like my directness. But I always make sure I get those grudges. But with him, I could not get there. Possibly, you're looking at me here and he goes, I, that's minor league compared to what I've been through, Pastor. You have no idea. I was abandoned as a kid and I cannot forgive my mom. Possibly your spouse left you for someone else and your heart is still broken today and I will not let that go. Possibly a best, your best friend stabbed you in the back and you're thinking, no way, I, can, I can't possibly get over that. Or your boss came in one day and left you, you're out of here for no reason. There's a myriad of things that we've, we've allowed to happen. Just small misunderstandings move to complete war if we allow it to happen. And where we're going to look into word today, we're going to look into something that God has asked us to do that I want you to know on first glance looks impossible, that we are to love our neighbors, or excuse me, love our enemies, to love our enemies. So if you have your Bible or your phone, turn it on or open it up to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Because as I was saying those things, I'm sure you were wrestling with, man, how in the world could I possibly forgive that person? You wrestle with those things. But here's what God says. Through the apostle Luke in Luke 6, it says this. But to you who are willing to listen, he says, right from the get-go, you need to know what he's saying right here. To you who are willing to listen. 
In other words, to my followers, to my kids, to my disciples, I don't want you just to hear this word. I actually want you to do something with it. To those who are willing to listen, it says, and the other thing I need you to know is that, that in that culture at that time when he was writing this, it was in the culture, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Things haven't changed in all those years. And God's saying, I want to, I'm trying to flip that, that script. I'm trying to change the culture. I'm trying to make a difference. And I want my kids to do that. So he's saying, listen up. And it says this, I say to you, love your enemies. Now, I want to just define the word love here. The love is not, this is not talking about an emotional love. This is not talking about romantic love or brotherly love. This is talking about love moved to action. This is not an emotion. This is a choice. Are you hearing me? It's a choice. It's, it's, it's a love moved to compassion. That's what he's saying here. It says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And then, and when, excuse me, and when it is taken away from you, don't try to get it back. What? That is so not us. It says, do to others as you would like them to do to you. Of course, that's the golden rule. If you love only those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do, if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners will lend to those sinners who will return their full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Can I just stop right there too? You might thinking, lend to them. You mean give them money? Like what? Yeah, possibly. But I want you to know it really means a little bit more than that. A lot more than that. Lend them consideration and compassion. Lend that to them. Give that to them. In other words, try to see past the issue that you're looking at to possibly trying to understand their insecurities, their issues, the way they possibly can be raised, the way they're processing life, even though it could be their, their perception of reality is not even close to the truth. It says, lend your love to that. Are you hearing me? It says this, then, then it says this. There's an if then. God says this, then your reward from heaven will be very great and you'll truly be acting like children of the most high. Let's look at this. Let's, let's try to unpack this because this is written, this is an excerpt that Luke writes from the Sermon on the Mount. Some of the most famous words ever spoken by Jesus was, his first sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And by the way, if you're new and you're trying to figure out, you're taking notes this morning and you're like, let me learn more about Jesus and let me learn more about his expect expectations for me. Here's what I challenge you to do this week. Read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. 
Because in there is called the Sermon on the Mount. And he really, Jesus really lays out his expectations because he's basically saying, I'm changing the culture through my kids. I want their, them, their notoriety to fit. I want them to reflect me. And how they reflect me is by being what is written in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And by the way, when you read Matthew, you are literally reading an eyewitness to what was spoken that day. When you're reading Matthew, you're reading an eyewitness. And he's saying in that Sermon on the Mount, and what we read in Luke today is, I want to change the culture through my kids. And I know it's not going to be easy. But let's, look on, on, let's unpack what we just read. It said in verse 27, which is crazy. I know you're thinking, whoa, do good to those who hate me. You, what? Do good? Wait, what? Aren't you thinking that? Because actually it's human nature not to want to do good for them. It's human nature, and we just read it. It's easy to do things for the lovable, but not the unlovable. I mean, I want you to know I tried for 20 years now, don't, if you're really conservative, don't, don't write me letters. I actually, my neighbor, I went and I met his son, who didn't live at the house, but I knew that it was his son. He worked at a store, uh, the bike shop in Kailua. And I said, hey, I don't know what I did to bum out your dad, but I'd like to bring a peace, over, peace offering over there. What kind of beer does he drink? I know he drinks beer. Don't write me letters. <laughs> so believe it or not, I did. I got his favorite. I got it iced down, brought some pokey, and I brought it over to his house as a peace offering. Guess what? Go away. I left it. I figured I'll at least leave it. He's got to at least think I was trying to do good. You know, so it says, do good to those who hate you. That is so counterculture than what we our natural instincts, and God's, God knows that. That's why he's telling us this in Luke. Do good. Now listen, I want you to know, there's some things that's happened in your life. I want to make sure that I know I'm speaking to that. There's some people that have hurt you and betrayed you crazy. Crazy bad. I totally get that. And I'm not, we're not talking about trust here. Trust is earned over time, not by words. It's not telling us, you got to trust them. You got to invite them back into your life. No, it's not saying that actually. In fact, in some instances when things have really gotten to a war in, in its, and by the way, isn't it true? The people close to us are the people that we really have the worst time with sometimes. Why is that? Why are the close, people closest to are the people that we have the biggest battles with? Because they have the greatest influence on us. They're the people closest to us. They're the people we have greatest expectations about. And, and greatest love for. So that, that's when it gets really crazy. And I know there's people looking at me right now are in that boat. And I'm not, I'm not here even remotely telling you to trust that person again. I'm not saying that. That happens over time, not by words, but by actions. And also, I'm not asking you to get physically close to that person. That's not what I'm saying either because sometimes distance is a part of the healing process. Are you hearing me? But it does say do good. Because if you look up in the original language, it says do good. That means you have to at least start the process in some way to show them that you have compassion on them. And it also says this in verse 28, it says this, bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. Now, here's what it means. When, when, when you say, 
you stupid idiot, you are pronouncing a curse on that person right there. And God's saying, I want you to bless those who hate you. In other words, don't speak negative about those people. That's where you start the process. If you're in a conversation, I can't believe that person did that to you. I don't, and then all of a sudden, you know how that goes, that goes really bad, really quickly. And God's saying, no, don't go there. Bless that person. Bless that person. Don't allow yourself. Don't, don't allow, this is, this, is, this is one of my biggest deals. When I, I know you probably heard me say it a million times. Don't allow yourself to go down the trail of negativity because I promise you the enemy wants to feed that big time. Big time. But it's saying bless that person. So when you're thinking about that person, God's saying change the paradigm. Just try to think blessings in that person's life. You might not even feel it. You might not feel it. But God says move the process. If someone's hurt you, try to bless them. No, I'm sorry. He didn't say try. He said bless them. And then it says, pray for those, in verse 29, pray for those who hurt me. I want to go back one second. I, I, there was a guy in our church. I, I was a part of the building project here, getting us on this campus. And one of the guys who I hired, uh, and he worked with me the whole time, a great guy, he just assumed that when we finished the building project and all the construction was done and we moved on the campus, that he was going to be the maintenance man. That's what he assumed. I'm just going to be the maintenance man. I don't know how he got there, but he got there. And one day he goes, okay, the project's over, so I'm going to start, I'm going to be the maintenance man. I said, oh, sorry, you're not going to be the maintenance man. We, I, we picked someone else. And he absolutely lost it. But not to me. He went and he told everybody in the world what a bad dude I was. I was the worst. And he was out there telling anybody to listen that I was a liar, blah, 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 blah. And every time I saw him, all I did was shake his hand. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Good to see you, man. Hope, you're, hope things are going good. All I did was try to bless him every time. I saw him at the football game. I'm a, I'm a big football fan here. And I saw him at the football a couple of times. And the one day I went up there and I bought his food. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Knowing, I mean, smoke single. I mean, he's just like furious at me. But all I did is I just tried to pour blessing in there. You hear me? I, just, I wasn't going to debate him. I was done with that. I didn't want to do that. All I wanted to do was bless him. And it says this, pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those people. You say, what? Yeah, I'll pray for them. No problem. Lord, I pray that that Mack truck and that car come together in a major league way. Lord, I pray that their boss today would fire them. Lord, I pray that their house would burn down. You know how that is? Yeah, I'll pray. Yeah, you're right. I'll pray. No problem. I'll pray. It's not saying that here. It's saying literally to start praying for those who hurt you. Pray for those people. Pray because prayer will soften your heart. Will soften your heart. Because when you're praying, you're allowing the Holy Spirit in to this decision you're making. You understand? You are allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and be a part of this. Pray for those who hurt you. Now, I know if you've been around here any longer and you told me, and I've preached and you've heard me preach, but I'm reading right from the text today. It says, pray for those. Can I just say, this is my biggest deal. 
How many folks in this room are married? Married in this room. Here's the deal. There's going to be times in our marriage, at least in my marriage, I don't know about yours, possibly yours is perfect. <laughs> never fought in your life. Never held a grudge. Never took anything wrong and let it turn into a, a little bit of a battle. I'm sure that's not you, but in my life, possibly could have happened. I remember one time, I lived in a, before I moved to Kailua, I lived in, in Temple Valley in the Hokuloa uh, townhouses. Anybody talk about Hokuloa here? So anyhow, it's like eight townhouses that are on the same cul-de-sac. So everybody kind of knows each other on these cul-de-sacs. So one day, I, we went for it. I mean, gloves off. And we're, my wife and I, are screaming in the driveway at each other. I mean, like screaming. Like one, by the way, I was a pastor then too. <laughs> screaming at one another furious. And my wife grabbed me, drugged me in the house, set me on the couch. I'll never forget it. I'm not exaggerating this. I'm telling you exactly what happened. She dragged me unwilling. I was bucking the whole way. We're praying right now. I don't want to pray. Those were my exact words. She started praying. She started praying. And within 30 seconds, we were laughing laughing because neither one of us had a clue what ignited that fire. <laughs> what, what did Deb do? What my wife did. She brought the Holy Spirit in to bring clarity to what the enemy was trying to take apart. You understand me? Can I just say, this is, this is a big one for me. Husbands and wives, you need to pray together. Now, I know it's a learned discipline. It's not something that comes natural. I need you to know that because you might be fighting with it. I know every time you say that, we try, we don't do it. I totally get that. But I'm not, I don't want you to give up because pray, praying as a husband and wife has so much power. It is there. When two or more are gathered, he is there. It says that in the word. It's a mystery. I don't understand it either, but it's there. There's a healing touch when you lay hands on one another, the word says, when you pray, holding, laying hands on one another, there's a healing touch to that. The greatest one another in the Bible, there's, it talks about love one another, care for one another, be one another. The, the strongest, most, the first one another in the Bible is a husband and wife. It says that in Genesis, the second chapter. So there's power, gigantic, enormous power when a husband and wife pray together. But the last thing the enemy wants you to do is what? Pray together because he knows the power. So I want, you to, I want to give you a little encouragement this morning. It doesn't come naturally. So I want to give you a couple of tips. First of all, a normal day, I pray with my wife every morning before she goes to work and I go to week pray together. The prayer couldn't last more than two minutes. So we're not talking about this long prayer session, although we definitely had them because there's issues in our marriage or issues in our family or issues in, with, our, with our friends that we really want to pray into. So those... But on a normal basis, day to day, all we're doing is pronouncing a blessing on one another, asking the Lord to really come in, give us discernment for the day, give us his assignment for the day, bring peace to our home. Are you hear me? That's all it has to be. You don't have to have the right words. You don't have to be overly spiritual. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You just got to do it. But here's a, here's a tip. Don't talk to your spouse through your prayers. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name. If the person's late one, if she's late one more time, oh Lord, 
Guess what? <laughs> if you talk to your spouse through your prayers, that person's not going to want to pray with you. Oh, I've been, I just got scolded and he's thinking God did it or she's thinking God did it. But there's power in prayer. It's power when you have an, you might have be holding a grudge against somebody so strong. You might be so bitter. Resentment has clouded your life. Pray for that person. Because guess who that's for? It's for you. It's for you. It says, pray for those who hurt you. Those are your enemies. The people who curse you. The people who hate you. The people who hurt you. But God, here's the deal. Here's the most important thing I want you to take away today. You have to move to forgiveness. Forgiveness is the most amazing gift, the most powerful gift you can give yourself first and then others. By the way, if you read anywhere in the Bible, all we're talking about is forgiveness. God talks about it all the time. And last week we celebrated forgiveness. Jesus went to that cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Jesus knows about forgiveness. It's, it's, it's who he is. And he wants us, his kids, and we're going to see in a minute, to be a reflection of him because of our forgiveness. But I want you to know, unforgiveness, unforgiveness in your life is like a cloud that won't go away. Unforgiveness robs you of your freedom to be you. Unforgiveness is the worst thing that you could possibly allow your body to experience. I, you need to know that. You hear the guy in the back, the amen. Norman, Norman, speak up to me. Speak to me. Amen. amen. That's Norman. Dear friend. So I went to with Norman. Norman is at Tripler. He's in a, he's in a process of kind of re, reprogramming. Can I say that right? Is that okay, Norman? So rebooting, good, that's a good one. Because, see, Norm's been to the war zone more times than you could possibly count. And PTSD is a part of his life. Possibly some of you in this room looking at me right now, that's a part of your life. And you know what I discovered? I went down to see Norman and his buddies, our connect group down, see him, Norman, on Wednesday, and we found, I found out very quickly, the hardest person on the planet to forget is who? You. And these gentlemen were trying to process life. They've seen th things, they've done things, things have, done, have been done to their buddies, and they never could get to a place where they could forgive themselves first or others. And you know what the most powerful part of the process of trying to get through the PTSD is? Forgiveness. Isn't that powerful? And for some of us in this room, though we wouldn't call it PTSD, but, and we've never been in the service, but we've been through a battle in our life. Possibly someone has left you and betrayed you, and today you just, it just still consumes you. You wake up in the morning with that cloud. You go to bed with that cloud. God's saying today, today, don't leave here today without starting the process. And I said process. You just can't wipe it out like that, but start the process of forgiving someone who hurt you because grudges, they're not good. They're not good. Are you hearing me? Forgiveness is a big deal. I need you to know that because God said, he said this. I want to read the Lord's Prayer to you in Matthew. And, and this is from the Sermon on the Mount as well. This is from chapter 6 of Matthew. In the Sermon on the Mount, he, tells, he wants to tell his disciples, this is how I want you to pray. 
This is how to pray, guys. It says this. It says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And may you give us the food we need today. And may you forgive our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Right there, God's saying, this is a big deal. I need you to forgive the people around you. I need you to forgive those who have hurt you. And here, here's, a, here's another one of those things. I wish Jesus never said this. And it says this in verse 14. It says, if you forgive those who've sinned against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive them, your Father will refuse to forgive you. Whoa, he didn't just say that. But wait, you're thinking, wait, wait, what? Didn't he die for me on the cross? And didn't, wasn't my sins from the past, the present, and the future forgiven because of what he did on the cross? Yes, it absolutely was. And that is not in question. Your eternal future is secure when you came to Jesus. Your sins were absolutely forgiven. But what he's saying here, what he's saying here in a poorer, kind of a poorer translation, but what is changed is your relationship with him. That intimacy we also cherish. Lord's saying, if I'll forgive you openly, easily, but if you're not willing to forgive others, then we got a problem. Are you hearing me? We got a separation. Our intimacy. I'm, I can't pour the blessings I want into your life unless you're willing to forgive the other person. Wouldn't you say forgiveness to God is a gigantic deal? It is. It's gigantic. But he says, if you're willing to go there, it says this. In that same verse we were reading, it says this. You will look like a child of the Most High. In other words, God's saying, if you learn to forgive people, people are going to look at you and go, what is up with you? What do you have that I don't? What do you have? You know what it is? It's Jesus. Because back to what I said in the very beginning, to love your neighbors is flat out impossible on your own. Flat out impossible. It's just not the way we were grown. It's just not the way we process life. But God said, when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, it'll change the way you think. In Romans, it definitely says that. In Romans, the 12th chapter, if you allow me, I will change the way you're thinking. God's saying in the Sermon on the Mount, hey, if you have these characteristics, promise you, people are going to look at you and they're going to see me. They're going to take notice of you and then they're going to take notice of me. And there's some benefits of being a child of God. You know that, right? It's the intimacy with God that is so precious. If you've never been there, if you've only allowed, if you've accepted Jesus, but you've just added him to your life, if he just one more thing in your life and he's not the center of your life, I want you to tell you today, you need to make Jesus the center of your life because then you can literally forgive someone who's crushed you. Are you hearing me? For Dickens is a big deal, but being a reflection of Jesus is a big deal too. God wants us to change the world. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, I want you to be salt and light to the world. 
That means I want you to be able to change the very nature. I want you to influence the very nature of the culture. He's, the Lord says with the Holy Spirit in you, when you walk into a room or a situation, the climate in the room is changing because you showed up with the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Literally, when you walk into that situation with the Holy Spirit, the whole environment's going to change because God just showed up. Are you hearing me? Then here's the, here's the beauty. It says this. When you learn to have forgiveness and you learn to reflect me, it says you will get a great reward in heaven. It says this in verse 35. It says, then your reward from heaven will be very great and you'll truly know that I'm a child of God. Your reward from heaven. What is that reward? What is that reward? Well, first of all, can I just say this? It has to be definitely built around our health because you know unforgiveness, it's a killer. Unforgiveness consumes you, but it affects your health. It affects the very core of who you are. I mean, depression and anxiety, all those things are a part of a reward of forgiveness is just you being you. Your ability to show up. I went to the prison, I went to the federal prison. This, this gentleman got caught trafficking drugs. He, he took drugs, to, he, he was caught there. And I took him to, I went saw him a few times at federal prison. And why he was in prison, his wife hooked up with someone else. He was devastated. He was crushed. And only when he could come to a place of forgiveness was he able to move on his, in his life. Only then. And he was one. I mean, his very, when, I, when he finally released that forgiveness, he looked like a completely different person. Completely. And then, as the story finishes out, he gets out of prison, served his time. He's an amazing man, amazing man. And the Lord gave him a wife now, spectacularly beautiful both outside and more importantly, inside. That was his reward. But he had to come to a place where he was willing to forgive. And some of you are going, no, I'm sorry. I want revenge. But I want you to know, I want you to say this to you. God's also got a plan for that, that revenge thing. I'm a revenge guy too. I like that. But here's what God said to, about revenge. He's saying, give your revenge plan to me. Don't trouble yourself with thinking, because you know how we go? We can drive that boss of mine. I tell you, I'm going to, mm, all the way to work, you're planning that person's demise you're allowing yourself to go there. You're feeding it. In fact, you're actually enjoying it. But here's what, here's, what, here's what it says here in Romans. I love this. It says, dear friends, never, if you look up that word in the, in the, in the original language, it meant never, <laughs> take revenge. Leave that revenge up to, that righteous anger up to God. Scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Isn't that amazing? It says that. Give your revenge band upon. But here's, here's, the, here's the biggest thing to me about unforgiveness. I mean forgiveness. And it says it in, in Philippians 4, 7, it says, when you experience God's peace, it'll exceed anything that you can possibly understand. And at the end of the day, aren't we about peace? 
Don't we want peace in our life? God wants that for us. So this morning, I want us to pray. I want us to pray that if that's you, if there's something about needs to be forgiven, I'm just going to pray that the Lord starts to open up that process. Let me pray with you right now. Because, Lord, this is a big deal to you. Big deal. So, Lord, and it is one of the most difficult things we can, you've ever said is to, to love our neighbor, to love our enemies, Lord. So right now I pray in Jesus' name for everyone in this room who is processing what your word said this morning about forgiveness, Lord. I pray right now in Jesus' name and by the power, power of your Holy Spirit, you would release them from the burden of unforgiveness, Lord. I pray that their minds would be free and they would experience a peace, Lord, that they would tangibly, tangibly, right this second, Lord, feel your embrace and feel your embrace right now, Lord. I pray for everyone in here, Lord, that's walked in this room holding a grudge or in the middle of a battle, having a misunderstanding move to, to crazy places, Lord. I pray that you release them from that right now in Jesus' name. Fill them with your Holy Spirit right now, Lord. And I pray for anybody in this room that has never come to know your saving grace, never come to know the, the mercies that you have for them every day, never come to know you and have your Holy Spirit come in your heart. I want to pray for you right now. If that's you and you're listening to me and your heart's racing, that means God's tapping you on the shoulder saying it's time. It's time to come to know me. And I pray, Lord, right now. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, if you're feeling like, man, I'd never come to know God. I've never come to know Jesus. I've never allowed him into my heart. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand boldly and proudly. Say, Lord, come, change me from the inside out. So that's ready. If you're ready, one, two, three. Raise your hand right now if that's you. Yes, I see you. Yes, there's a whole bunch of you in this room. I see you. Keep your hands up. Very, very important. Keep it up. If you're, if you're now still wrestling with that and you're thinking, uh, I want you to know everybody's eyes closed. Raise your hand right now. Just continue to raise your hand. I want to give you an opportunity to really think this through because this is the biggest decision. I see you. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. I see you. Amazing. Amazing amount of hands right now that want to come. Know you for the first time or are saying, Lord, let's reestablish the relationship that we've lost. So put your hands down. Hitchhike off my prayers. Off my prayer. Lord, Lord, thank you, Lord, for for coming and choosing me to be one of your kids right now. Lord, I pray that you'd forgive me of all the things I've done, Lord. Anything that I've done that would have separated from me from you, Lord, I pray that you'd forgive me for anything, Lord. I pray that you'd come into my heart. I pray that you would touch me. You would guide me. You would lead me. In Jesus' name, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray your Holy Spirit would come into them right now, Lord, like never before. I pray that the person who drove up that driveway this morning and the person that goes down, Lord, because of what you've done right this second would be completely different, Lord. That when their relatives, friends, and family see them today, they would see a new person because of you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. amen. Great, that's awesome. If you just came to the Lord. If you, just, uh, if you just raise your hand with me, we'd love to give you a Bible if you don't have one. Answer any questions you might have. There's a Connect Center right out those side doors. Some awesome people out there would answer any question you might have about what you just did. 